Hello, neighbor. Sorry about that abrupt transition. I wanted to let you know that you are listening to CKTZ 89.5 FM, Cortez Community Radio. I am Amanda O'Fox Gillespie, and I welcome you to Folk University's Folk You Talk Show. Ever wondered what is Folk University? It is an experiment in slow learning. It is a question. Can we create a more resilient and enjoyable community simply by sharing what we already know with each other? Folk University is an opportunity for neighbors to share our ideas, interests, skills, passions, individual literacies, on and on, even some fun. It is the only university where nobody ever graduates. I've been playing with some other fun taglines One that I like today was Folk University, because only you can change your mind. So I have got a number of announcements to make today. One thing I wanted to let you know that I, Folk University is helping to co-sponsor along with the Cortez Community Economic Development Association. Tomorrow, we have a resilient enterprise training, which is an ongoing series to develop business skills for a more resilient island. And tomorrow, June 18th is, oh, I'm sorry, tomorrow's June 13th. Wow. Okay, tomorrow, June 13th is Branding 101 with Sasha Cook. Ever wanted to know a little bit more about how to brand your idea, your business, your nonprofit, your social profit, et cetera? Tomorrow from 10 to 12, it's happening on Zoom. So actually, you don't even have to be on this island to participate. You can find out more on Tideline or at the Cortez Community Economic Development website, which is cced.ca backslash events and for this one. So cced backslash ca. Also, I have information on my website, which is folku.ca. So folk as in we are all just common folk. You as in the letter U dot C-A. All right, one more announcement. Hang in with me. You are right now listening to CKTZ 89.5 FM. This is a community radio station. Community radio, it is not big money. And we work primarily on hundreds of hours of people like me who donate our time or our energy to make it function. We have managed to accomplish a lot this year, and I know a lot more of you have been tuning in through this COVID-19 crisis, but the radio station has also canceled all of their fundraising events, at least for this year, which means that the operating funds that usually manage the radio are, are, have to come from a different place. So that's right. No lip syncs, no cabarets. It's all been canceled. So instead, we are asking people like you who listen to consider donating. Uh, to donate is actually quite easy. You can do it via PayPal at cortezradio.ca. You can send e-transfers with the password CKTZ to cortezradio at gmail.com. I'm just laughing because I'm wondering how secure a password is if you <laughs> announce it over the radio. Uh, so the password is CKTZ and it's cortezradio at gmail.com for e-transfers. Or you can send us a check 
to the Cortez Community Radio Society, Box 210, Manson's Landing, BC, V0P1K0. And I know that we, we have one person right now making phone calls in the community, and, and already people are being so, so generous. So I really appreciate all of our neighbors showing up for the radio station, even without there being a lip sync of, as your reason to give money. And the radio station, Howie's out there right now at the market, our little largely outdoor version of the Friday market. And he's got awesome uh, T-shirts and these light bulbs that you can both run off electricity. But when the power goes out, as it is right now, all over the island, they still run. So that's cool. Um, so you can also support the radio station by buying stuff. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I'm sorry for all those announcements, but I appreciate your attention. I'm really excited because today on our Friday Folk You Talk Show, we have one of my very favorite guests joining us. Uh, Haley Newell is, uh-oh, I forgot to make sure I was I'm giving her the right title that I wrote down before the show started, but I wrote down clinical therapist, uh, and which might not be perfect, but she'll she'll correct us. Um, this is one of my favorite people, one of my favorite neighbors to have on the radio, incredibly articulate, uh, talking about a lot of those things that maybe we think about but don't always have language around, like how the brain works, how our nervous system works. Um, what it means to be more resilient, how we work uh, with all sorts of health issues. And today, she is going to talk a little bit more and tell us a little bit more about play, play 101, and how we can use it as a tool for shaping and growing our brains and, um, and also helping our children. Welcome, Haley. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me back. It's a pleasure. Um, so yes, I am a registered therapeutic counselor, so very cu- very close, thank you. And I work with children, families, and adults um, on all sorts of things. I do play therapy with children primarily, but I am slowly and very excitedly moving more towards doing play therapy with adults. And I work a lot with developmental trauma and um, all kinds of other things. So today I'm going to be talking to you guys a bit about play. I'm going to start with um, talking about what it is. What is play and why do we play? Why do children play? Why it's um, one of the most important things for a child to do in their young life. And from there I'm going to move on to chatting a bit with you about how to engage in play with the children in your life. Because I hear from lots of adults, parents, caregivers, teachers, that um, lots of adults have blocks around play. Um, It may be that they didn't get a lot of time uh, to play as a child. Maybe they didn't have people to play with. Or for various other reasons, sometimes as adults we get stuck around play and how to play. Um, And that can... that that can impact our ability to engage in play with our young friends. So I'm going to give you some tips on how to do that. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about adults and play and give you a couple of suggestions for um, homework, but it's more like play work (laughs) Um, to take if you have any interest. And then I'm going to chat with you very briefly at the end about a course I'm going to offer 
hopefully in the fall called the inner child journey which is for any adult that is more is curious about this curious about their own relationship with play would like to play more and getting in touch with their inner child so that's what we're going to talk about love it so so what is play yes okay so one of my uh, favorite descriptions of play comes from Stuart Brown, who is the founder of the National Institute for Play. And he has described play as anything that is spontaneously done for its own sake. Or more specifically, he says it appears purposeless, produces pleasure and joy, and leads one to the next stage of mastery, which I think is really interesting. Um, Another similar definition is that play includes activities that are freely chosen and directed. In this definition, it's by children, but it can also be adults or folks of any age. Um, so activities that are freely chosen and directed by people and arise from intrinsic motivation. <clears throat> so for an example, I get this question quite often. Sports, which are really fun and I would say incredibly worthwhile and beneficial for many reasons, are technically not play. And that's because they have an agenda and um, a set set of rules and a desired outcome. More specifically, it's the agenda that I would say pushes it over into um, the non-play category. Though it can be very playful, depending on what you're doing and why and um, yes, it can bring about, it, I think it's a great entry point, especially for adults into uh, coming into a playful state. Uh, so some of the key markers of play is that it's pleasurable. So the next little bit, I'm going to be speaking more in the context of children, but it really is for all of us. So play is pleasurable and children must be enjoying the activity in order for it to be considered play. So if you see children engaging in something excitedly, laughing, giggling, there's some kind of maybe a, a storyline happening, but you don't really know what, that's play. Uh, play is intrinsically motivated. Children engage in play simply for the satisfaction the behavior itself brings, and it has no ex um extrinsically motivated function or goal. Um, it's process-oriented often. So when children play, the means are more important than the end. So it's, it's, how, it's how the storyline is unfolding or how the game is unfolding, not so much the outcome that they're trying to achieve. Um, it's freely chosen and spontaneous and voluntary. Uh, generally, if there's pressure involved, it's not as likely that a child or an adult will really consider it play or playful. Um, it is actively engaged. Players are physically and or mentally involved in the activity, whatever that is. And it's generally non-literal, so it, it can often involve a lot of make-believe. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about play and what it is. And... Um, why play? Why do we play? Why do children play? Um, the essence, the experience of play essentially is changing the connections of the neurons at the front end of your brain in your prefrontal cortex. So it's in those changes in the prefrontal cortex during childhood that help wire up the brain's executive control center, which is where you are able to regulate your emotions. This is your executive function. You're able to make plans, problem solve, um, 
and it's preparing the young brain for relationships, learning, um, love, all of these things. It's it's linking the functions of your your reptilian brain, which is if you guys have listened to me speak <clears throat> before. Your reptilian brain is the older part of your brain based on your survival um, responses. Play is helping us link up those um, more animalistic responses and survival responses to our how do we make plans? How do we make decisions? How do we execute something and how do we do it well? So through play, children learn to regulate their behavior. They're laying the foundations for later learning in science and mathematics. They're figuring out complex negotiations for social relationships, building a repertoire of creative problem-solving skills, and much more. Um, Adults play a really important role in guiding children through playful learning opportunities. Um, The process orientation and lack of obvious functional purpose is probably the most important aspect of play. Play presents children with a particularly strong opportunity for growth because it meets the needs of the whole individual child. All domains of a child's development, their cognitive, social, emotional, and physical development, are all explored and intricately intertwined in play. It is therefore holistic. Play benefits each of these skills in direct and indirect ways. They learn and practice cognitive skills, including language, problem solving, creativity, and emotional regulation. And social emotional growth can be seen in the child's ability to interact with others, negotiate, compromise. And when we watch children play, we see all of this occurring very organically. Not always without conflict, of course, but that's part of the immense learning opportunities that are presented through play. Um, Yes, they also practice strategies to cope with fear, anger, and frustration. Uh, children process their experiences, emotions, and their challenges through play. You may see a child playing out a doctor's visit, a busy school day morning, or even a car accident. And when they're doing that, they are working on integrating something into their lived experience fully so that it becomes a story that they can tell, not a memory that creates fear of future experiences. So it's really helpful when a child does have a challenging experience like a fall or an accident is to um, help them to talk about it by saying things like, yeah, you fell, you fell off your bicycle. I saw that happen. And then what happened? And they might repeat the same thing over and over again for a while. I fell off my bike. I fell off my bike. And you can continue to say, yeah, you did. You fell off your bike. And then what happened? And if they need a little help, you can give it to them by saying, do you remember when grandma came and helped you get up? And what this is doing is it's linking, um, it's linking the sequence of events that occurred so that the child can learn the narrative of what happened and integrate it into that part of the brain so that it can, um, it's integrated into the body and then it becomes a story and it's not still living in their system so that every time they go to the bike, there's this tension and fear about, oh my gosh, maybe I'm going to fall off my bike. If we can help them work through it, then they'll be able to get back on the bike more easily. Um, moreover, Block building, drawing, running, and jumping all contribute to the development of fine and gross motor skills. When children have the chance to direct their own learning through play, 
they are able to address their own immediate and and developmental needs and find activities that are most conducive to their individual learning styles. And if they are met there, and this is part of why I'm so thrilled to see all the changes that are happening in education, that it's becoming so much more experiential and individualized and based on what the child is passionate and engaged in and excited about in the moment. Because if they're met in this way, children are developing a lasting connection and disposition to learning. Um, Having control over the course of one's own learning as in free play This promotes desire, motivation, and mastery. So this is how, um, this is how, basically, in sum, if we're taking a playful approach to things, um, which again, going back to what I was saying at the beginning, has a lot to do with how much enjoyment we're receiving from it. um, This facilitates our ability to integrate it and learn it, and master, and eventually master it. Children also seek out. Pardon me. Children also learn how to seek out knowledge. Play involves exploration, hypothesis hypothesis testing, and discovery. What is more, all of this is done in a safe, anxiety, and risk-free environment where children are free to test the limits of their knowledge and abilities with relatively few repercussions. Hopefully, hopefully they're given the opportunity to explore in these risk-free, stress-free environments without any sort of pressure that there needs to be some kind of specific outcome to it. Um, They learn to have confidence in their ability to solve a problem this way, and they become resilient in the face of a challenge, which going back to some of what I spoke about in the nervous system chat, um, we really want to support our children to meet challenges. We don't want to take challenges away. We want all of us, children, teens, adults, we want to develop the knowledge in the body and in the mind that we can do it. We can meet the challenge and it might be hard, um, but that we can do it. And then we, when we build that confidence, we begin to choose the new challenges that we want to take on in our life. And we know, well, with time, if we're able to do that and we have support around that, then we can also gain the experience that even if something doesn't work out so well and we have a failure or a flop, it's not the end of the world. It's a huge part of our learning experience and growth. Um, So in sum, children um, playing, children playing lays the foundations of a lifetime of whole body learning. And I think that's just so applicable to folk you. (laughs) Uh, So I'm going to pause there and just see if there's any questions. Um, and then after, after that, we're going to talk about some ideas for how to engage in play with your children. I wonder if I should let other people call in with questions or if I can just ask my questions. Um, because I do have a, some really funny songs. Fun. I'd like to hear some <laughs> funny songs. <laughs> um, this first one is more of a skit. So why don't I say this is CKTZ 89.5 FM. You are listening to Cortez Community Radio, and this is talk radio. So we have a fantastic speaker here, Haley Newell, talking about the benefits to a child's brain and emotional development right now through play. So we would love to hear from you. Would you like to call in and ask a question? To do so, you call 250-935-0200. Zero zero. You can also email you 
at folku.ca. In both cases, the U is a letter. U at folku.ca. Sometimes it takes me a little longer to get that because right now, especially, we do not have power. Um, but I'm going to play a really funny skit by um, a comedic musician. <laughs> I was listening to, to this to the skit to make sure there were no curse words on the way here. It's called Dangerous Playgrounds by Tim Hawkins, and it makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you'll call in if you have any questions that you would like to ask right now, in particular about children in play, but we've got a whole bunch more show, so... If you don't, I'll harass you later to call in too. Um, but don't be don't be afraid to call in. You don't go right on air, so you get a chance to um, formulate your question as you like. Okay, so I this is where I have to talk and use computers and things like that. So let's see what happens as I'm doing that, and if I can get this really fun skit for you. Eleven kids, kids just got it made. Dude. You kids whine about stuff. You got it made, man. Your playgrounds are awesome. Your playgrounds are safe. <laughs> yeah, wood chips and rubber mats and lawyers. You got all kinds of cool stuff. When I was a kid, we had playgrounds on cement. There are some rides you don't see on playgrounds anymore. You know what I'm talking about? You don't see the, the merry-go-round anymore, do you? There's a real good reason for that. There wasn't nothing merry about the merry-go-round. It was the terror-go-round as well. Oh, the steel wheel of death. That's what we used to call it. You knew that ride was over, you were flung into gravel. You know, that thing was... Tough skin jeans fly off one direction, you're totally naked. Mommy! Time to form my dinner! Get on that merry-go-round, always the bully would push you. Get on, dude, you're gonna love it. Like, I'm gonna puke! Exactly, exactly. Remember the teeter-totter? <laughs> that one taught you trust, didn't it? It's like a human catapult was that thing. You had to trust that person. He got off. You're like, oh! <laughs> see you later. I'm gonna go to the hospital. Oh, worst was our slides. Remember our slides? Made out of metal. Remember that? It's 100 degrees outside. You're in your shorts. I'm not talking Nike shorts. I'm talking those cut-off jean shorts with the pockets sticking out of the bottom. 80 feet up, I'm ready. Smoke and sparks flying up out of your crotch. Oh, I'm only halfway down, man. Oh, I smell something burning, man. What is that? And that wasn't the worst part. Remember going home, your mom would spray Bactine all over your body? Remember scraping up your knee? Roll up your pants, flag on price and tie some tack cane on your leg. Bravo it up, it's gonna be better. I don't want you getting gangrene. Come here, let me say your leg, okay. Shh. What was that? Oh. That means it's working. That means it's penetrating and killing all that gunk. Stop screaming and thank me. You should thank me for that. If I didn't do it, they'd have to chop your legs off. Well, next time, why don't you whack away? Even our board games were dangerous. Remember Operation? Plug that in the wall, get electrocuted. That was fun. Yeah. Gonna get the bread basket. <laughs> 
I think I lost. Let me check the rules here. Uh, if the player is tasting metal, he loses. Yeah, I'm tasting metal. I lose because I'm tasting it right now. My mom thought Vicks VapoReal cured everything. What is Vicks VapoReal? Why are we still using it? We don't even know what it is. It's like Vaseline and gasoline mixed together. What is Vicks VapoReal? A little bit of mint. Why would you rub that on a kid you love? Like, come here, honey. You're gonna feel better in the morning. <laughs> I hope so. Cause now I'm sick and I smell. Thanks, buddy. I'm like a methylated snot ball walking around the house. <laughs> oh my! I, we're, we, we were laughing very hard in the studio during the break. Um, uh, so you are listening to CKTZ eighty nine point five FM. This is Manda O Fox Gillespie on Cortez Community Radio. You can also hear us on the World Wide Web at CortezRadio.ca. I am really lucky to have in the studio with me today Haley Newell, registered therapeutic counselor. I think I got that right. I had to remember RTC. Um, and we are talking right now about play and in particular how it relates to children, but the talk will go all around. Um, and we have, I have a couple questions for Haley. Um, so around place, you get to call in too during our next break. If you have questions, one is about One of the things I've noticed watching children in my life play over the years is that often these really well-behaved, beautiful, gentle, incredible children will play out almost like their shadow sides, Um, you know, where people are being incredibly mean to each other or spiteful or one sister is snubbing another. Uh, and I was wondering if that is, is a thing, like do kids play that out and then does that keep them from becoming that or doing that in real life? That's a really great question. And there's so much that I want to say about this. Um, okay. So the first thing that I want to say about shadow, I think shadow is fascinating and I love, for us to talk about it more and more so yes you do see that in play with children and you also see it in the ways that we as as adults play and also just rehearse things like even just trying on a bunch of outfits before going to a party is kind of play in a way because what you're doing is you're rehearsing for how you're going to be at that event and you know you know how we we'll put on a certain thing and we'll kind of see how we feel and how we move in that thing. And you're kind of rehearsing how it's going to be to be wearing that at the event. And that's just a little example of how we're kind of playing out a possibility. So with shadow, shadow is really interesting because it, it, I think we all consider it sort of like our dark side, um, which it is, but what it, it's really more about what has gone into the darkness. So it's not necessarily about something being bad or good. It's something that's gone into the shadow for some reason. So for example, my shadow could include an aspect of myself that I really want to bring out into the world that for some reason is really scary for me. Like, um, I would say at one point, this aspect of me coming and coming and speaking to you guys on the radio would have been more in the shadow that involves me coming out of myself in a way that's a little bit scary. So shadow's kind of interesting in that way. It's also play is, I think for all of us, 
a context and a container in which we can try on being different than we are and try on certain roles, either because we're curious about them, maybe we, we want to know how that feels, maybe we're striving to be more like that, and play allows us that container. So for somebody who is really, you know, they know, like, when you go to dinner at so-and-so's, you say please and thank you and such and such, and they're very well-mannered in that, there's like maybe this curiosity, what would it be like to just be so rude and so mean and like get into all of that. So I think, I think it's great if we don't, you know, I like to take things out of the, you know, binary of good and bad. And it's, we we're we're very complex and everything is on a spectrum. So sometimes it might be that somebody is a little bit, uh, maybe they need to have a little bit more kind of grr in their voice. And so they might play out going really far down that spectrum to stretch themselves more towards that. Um, And then somebody who, you know, is really kind of always taking charge and like always being the leader and this and that, maybe in play you'll find that they are being the baby, being the little animal, being the doting mom or they're, I think it's part of how our system is naturally playing with these this constant tension that we hold the, these polarities that we hold because nothing can exist fully on one side or the other you know if i am really outspoken there is going to be some part of me somewhere that is really quiet i don't mean literally speaking necessarily but just wherever there's something wherever an aspect is really big there's going to be a small aspect on the other side of it. Um, So I think play offers us a way to not only stretch ourselves towards the things that we consciously know that we would like to try on and see how it feels, but also the ways in which unconsciously we're looking for a different, we're looking for that opposite end of the spectrum. We're looking for that different experience. Um, And I was just, when I was preparing for this talk, I was reading more about play and about new research with animals because a lot of research with animals and watching them, you know, do rough and tumble play, this kind of thing. For a long time, we've heard and had the story that a a lot of that is practice for hunting, etc. But they're coming to see more and more that a lot for animals too is just this kind of pure pleasure. And... um. I'm saying that because I do also think that play gives us a safe context for playing out power structures and power dynamics and playing with what's it like to be in charge of all of you? What's it like to be in charge of nobody or be have power over me? And then I think it does enable us to find our natural balance where we, we find that power with power with others, power with each other as opposed to power over or power under, which is when it can get a little bit out of whack. So I think in some, I think to answer your question, I think it's all kind of playing out these extremes, these polarities, trying to find our natural balance point, but also extending ourselves in a direction that may be a little bit uncomfortable, something that's gone more into our dark into our into the dark into the shadow we are not really aware of it we want to bring it into the light a little bit more does that kind of answer your question yeah i really like that i was thinking about how 
sometimes um, I've had physical therapists say in the past when I'm trying to learn how to relax my shoulders more. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're like, relax your shoulders, relax your shoulders. And I'm like, listen, I do not know how to relax my shoulders. And so they would tell me to tighten up, tighten as much as you can. And then by going to the extreme, you can find... Yeah, a greater kind of release. You can find the other the other boundary so that you can relax into it, and so that really helped me see something new. So yeah, cool. Thank you. Uh, would you? Are, should we go to the next part? I have sure. lots more questions, but I think some of them are going to apply more later on. Sure, sounds good. Um, okay, so the next part that I was going to talk to you guys about are just some ideas for how you can engage with the children in your life if you've got children in your life, either as a parent grandparent, caregiver, teacher, auntie, friend, whatever. Children, I mean, there's probably things that, I don't know. I imagine that their number one most favorite thing in the world is focused playtime with adults. There might be other things that they super duper love, but I know for sure that this is one of their very, very top choices of things to spend their time doing. Um, And some of the most common things that I hear from adults around um, why play is difficult are that they find it boring, um, that they don't have time and they don't know what to do. I'm sure there's, there's probably tons of other blocks. And if you want to chat with me about that at any point, you're welcome to, but those are some of the most common ones that I hear. So I'm going to give you some thoughts that address some of those things. Um, One thing to start with is something that um, you might have heard me call special time before. You can you can choose whatever name you want for this. It can be your special playtime. You and the kid and the child can um, come up with your own name. I think that would be the best. But basically, special playtime, pardon me, is focused child-led play, either one-on-one, you and the child, or Um, I think it can also work with parents together and a child, but it's very focused generally one-on-one between you and a child. (coughs) Pardon me. The key to special playtime is to give yourself a time container. Part of this is to address, um, this addresses a lot of things. This helps, this helps teach your child about boundaries. Um, it gives you... Uh, it, 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 it enables part of your brain to rest that this isn't something that's going to go on forever if you find that you get a little bit bored or tired or find it hard to engage in play for a long period of time. You get to choose how long to engage in the play. Um, it can be even as short as five minutes. It doesn't have to be long as long as it's as long as you can be completely 100% present for that time. So start with something small, five minutes, 10 minutes. And you let the kiddo know, this is our special playtime. We have this much time. And during this time, we can do whatever you want to do. And then you move into child-led play for that period of time. So child-led play. Basically, this and this is addressing another thing that I hear from adults a lot, which is, I don't know what to do. For the most part, children know exactly what they want to do in play. There may be some um, exceptions to this, which I'm happy to talk about separately, but for the purposes of this, generally kiddos know what they want to do and they will take you on their own little adventure. 
And what you want to do in this special playtime is follow their lead by simply mirroring what they're doing. So for example, if there's been like an accident and there's a bunch of fire trucks coming, you can just say things like, oh my gosh, there was a crash and now the ambulance is coming and now this is happening and now that's happening. Oh, you're over there now. So you can follow what the child is doing and state what the child is doing as it's happening. So in this way, you're simply following their lead. You don't have to come up with any new ideas um, or, you know, invent a story or anything like that. You may have a story that comes up or an idea that comes up, but this is meant to alleviate for you the pressure of, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. I don't, I never have ideas. You can just let all that go. Um, another thing to think about with this is that it's, it's okay in play. This is similar to what I was chatting about before around playing with different roles in play, it's a wonderful opportunity to allow a child to have more control and power. Um, children, most of their life, are kind of taken along on the ride, um, with the exception of their free play time, of course. But a lot of the time, it's, okay, we're going to school, now we're going having dinner, and now we need to do this, and now we brush our teeth. So they're, they're going along uh, for a lot of routines and structure a lot of the time, and it's very nourishing for them to... A, come out of that and also have the experience of being able to play with their own power with you. So, for example, if in play you're having a sword fight, it's okay to allow the child to to dominate you to a certain amount as long as you feel safe within the play. As soon as you no longer feel safe, then you're no longer able to be present and that's where you need to set a boundary. But if you're able to be present with them, then it's okay to make yourself small and to say like, oh my gosh, you're just coming at me so strong and I'm not sure what to do and make yourself smaller and smaller um, until the child can have an experience of, 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 of overpowering and and becoming really big. Um, Another way of doing this is, you know, the child might start playing out um, a doctor's visit and you, and you're the patient and you can talk about like, yeah, my arm is really hurting and you know, wow, you're bringing the doctor's bag over here. And so you get to be in the role of being the child or the one that needs to be getting taken care of. Um, So it, it, as you can see, it's switching the roles around and this gives the child I mean, you'll see when you're doing it, it, they just light up in the experience of being able to find a bit of um, their own, their own ability, their own power, their own strength through this really safe and loving container with you. But I do want to stress that as soon as you're not feeling comfortable within yourself, um, if you don't feel safe or, you know, it's just getting to be too much that's when you do want to set a little boundary, have a pause and redirect it a little bit because you want to be able to stay present. Um, What else did I want to say about that? Okay, so another reason why this is an awesome thing to do with your kiddo is there's a, it's a huge opportunity for co-regulation with your child. Um, One thing that I would love as like a movement or a paradigm shift for all of us is to really, when things come up, when difficult emotions come up in all of our relationships with our kids, but in all of our relationships is if we can really hone in the skill of checking in with ourselves first when something challenging comes up. So 
you know, you're having an argument with your kid and just noticing first, like, what is happening for me in this moment? And because what we're learning about how the brain works and how our nervous systems talk to each other is when we're having a challenging, an interpersonal challenging experience like that, is that it, it really belongs to both of you. It's a we situation. It's not entirely just about you or entirely just about them. There's some, there's a, there's a co-creation happening. So if you can start by checking in with the feelings that you're having first, this is an excellent way to begin to regulate your own nervous system so that you can then step towards relationship in a really um, supportive way. So when you're playing with your with your kiddo, another thing that you can do in addition to mirroring what they're doing and, and making statements as I was demonstrating is you can you can check in with yourself. You can take a pause, take a few breaths and notice, what is this play bringing up for me? Do I feel anxious? Do I feel bored? Do I feel scared? And you can name those experiences. You can say, I feel a little bit nervous watching the mommy lion leave the baby lion alone. And you don't have to say anything more than that. Just simply naming your own experience as you're witnessing what's happening in the play. Um, this is, um, this is a this is hugely regulating for the nervous system is simply naming our experience and then also focusing on what is happening in the body. So one thing you could add to that if you notice in the play, oh yeah, the mummy lion is leaving the the baby lion. I feel a little nervous about that and I know that because I have these big circles going around in my belly. It feels like there's butterflies flying around in there. So I'm just going to take a few deep breaths. So the more that you can bring it back to naming your experience and your and what's happening in your body, the more you are regulating what's happening for you and you are modeling regulation for your child. So this is a beautiful, beautiful way of co-regulating and supporting your own nervous system and supporting the development of your child's nervous system all through play. So it's wonderful. Doing that also helps to build connection with yourself. The more you take time to do that, in playtime with your child or just throughout the day, the more you are coming back to yourself and the more we can do that. Um, again, as I was saying, the more we're able to step towards relationship in a way that's, um, more, it's a responsive, it's coming from a response as opposed to a reaction. Um, I think I, okay. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to say about the, about the, special time piece is that I know that sometimes, you know, kiddos repetition is the language of the brain. So, you know, there's a lot of repetition sometimes in play and with when kids are learning, they want, sometimes they get into something, they want to do it over and over and over again. This is part of how they're learning and mastering it. And sometimes for adults that can be a little tiresome, a little boring. It's hard to keep our focus and our presence. So something I would offer you around that is coming into the moment with your child from that beginner's mind perspective. Like imagine you had never done that thing before or seen that thing before. Like what would it be like for you to imagine, you know, being at the beach for the first time, like being down, um, speaking from a Cortez context, being down at Smelt Bay and seeing the moonshell snail sand beds where they have all their eggs like you see this for the first time you don't even really know what that is it's amazing it's 
strange. Um, and just noticing what happens for you when you kind of just take a moment every once in a while to tune your eyes to, I've never seen a cedar tree before. I've never seen a willow tree. I've never had my feet on grass before. And so just kind of taking things in, in a new way each time. And I, I, I find for me that that's a really, it's a really sweet way to connect with children. It also helps with, you know, what can become a little bit monotonous sometimes. Um, yeah, so that was, those are all my thoughts for engaging with children in play. If you have any questions about that, you can feel free to call in and Amanda maybe has some questions about that too. I do have questions. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask this time. I'm going to ask my question first yeah. and then I'll let other people have their chance. Um, I really appreciate those suggestions and I think back particularly to when my kids were younger and wish that I had had more of those suggestions then. And one of the things in particular when you were talking about modeling, one of the things that I've always been curious about and watched and observed in, you know, with the kids in my own life are the importance of modeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me as a parent, this was uh, a little easier to figure out when we had really when I had a really young child and modeling was sort of like, I'm pretending to drink a cup of tea that you gave me, right? Mm-hmm. And then I was really lucky when I had younger kids to be surrounded by uh, other people who had you know, very play-oriented children. My kids went to a Waldorf school at the beginning, uh, and there's just so much emphasis and time and room for play. Mm-hmm. And so then my first child really developed a robust ability for big, epic, imaginative play. And then I watched as she could model to my younger child, my younger child, perhaps a full year earlier than her sister even developed this capacity for this really involved, imaginative play. Mm -hmm. And what I noticed is that for most people, for most children, what I notice in my life, at a certain point, they stop getting models for the next level of play. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like I now look I have my oldest child is a teenager and she still models the next like level of play to her sister. And so we've just been really fortunate. But kind of each step I start feeling really anxious because who models to your 13 or 14 year old what play is Mm. theoretically it would be the adults but I don't I feel like I never really learned it for myself and I'm not Mm. doing great modeling of kind of grown-up brain play so Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you would be willing to talk to a little bit about that role of modeling and you know maybe this the rest of the answer comes up later when you're talking about adult play, but other suggestions you have for, you know, you're, you're allowed to put off the question too. Well, um, I love the question and it's actually something I've been thinking about more and more. And it is, it's really poignant because it, it, there is a bit of a loss of playfulness as we get older for whatever reason. I, I don't fully understand that. I think it has a lot to do with the culture we live in, society, time constraints, jobs. I mean, it's becoming cliche to say this, but the immense demands that we have on our time and energy are are, are hugely um, not in service to cultivating some of this playfulness as we get older. So um, I'll say that first. 
um, to talk to, to speak to the piece about modeling, it is hugely significant. The Waldorf school system does an excellent job of that. Um, they do a wonderful job of uh, focusing on play, but they also do a wonderful job around teaching through modeling. And I know in Waldorf school, there's an emphasis too on um, there's an adult over on one side of the classroom knitting, or, you know, we're going to go and watch so-and-so cooking. And so what you're doing is you're exposing children to all kinds of different activities that they may or may not find exciting. And, and then as soon as they can witness an adult lovingly and um, actively engaging something and seeing their that that person's own joy come through, that is what is going to lead to the spark with, you know, a handful of children to move towards that themselves. Or maybe it's music or maybe it's art. Um, but certainly the main way that children learn is through modeling. So the main way that we learn is is through having things modeled. So I, you know, I've heard from different different thinkers, different therapists, you know, whatever skills, abilities, traits that you really want to support uh, in your child, model it because they're watching you all the time and they're learning from you all the time. So the way that we speak to each other in our relationships, the way we handle conflict, um, the way we regulate ourselves after we get a bit activated, they're learning all of that from you. And I know that in, in one way that's very empowering because we can choose then to, okay, this thing, this, this type of thing for me is hard. I'm going to really work on that because I know the kids in my life are, are watching me and they will not only see um, that I was willing to struggle with something and improve and then they're going to see all of that. Um, <clears throat> but um, uh, yeah, the, basically just that everything that we really want to instill in our children, we need to model. It is also stressful to hear that, I recognize, because we all have things that we struggle with. Um, we, we're never perfect. And I would say to that that it's completely okay also to mess up. What is then really important is to is to just name that. Like, yeah, you know, when that happened, I didn't really show up the way I would really have wanted to now that I've been thinking about it. I could have done it this way, and so next time I think I'll try it that way. That's beautiful modeling, too. The main thing about being with children is knowing that there's going to be ruptures, there's going to be messes, there's going to be mistakes. Actually, I don't really think there's any mistakes, but there's going to be mishaps, and what's important is that after that occurs, we come in for the repair. So that's how kids are learning through that modeling yep, I'm going to have a fight with my friend sometimes or a disruption at work. But then did you see what I did about it? Did you see how I talked to them about it even when it was hard for me? Or maybe I took a break for myself because it was really, really hard for me and I really just needed a break. Then I went back to it. That is all beautiful modeling. and Because the truth is, is we're always going to be experiencing all of that. So we want to model that, yes, um, that's going to happen and we can do something about it. We can recover. Um, and <clears throat> the same goes for just exposing kids to all kinds of different things like music and artists is bringing them to people who are engaging in those things in a playful way. You know, as I was saying in the beginning, those, um, uh, that it's intrinsically motivated and it's something that the person enjoys. Uh, and eventually that's, there's going to be a handful of things that spark a kiddo's interest um, from watching that. So, yeah. 
I've always said that I could rent my kids out to as like play instructors, you know, yeah. just like for that next level to kids yeah. who are just a little bit younger. Yeah. Um, and I remember a couple of years ago, my eldest was playing with her sister and then kind of the sister kept on playing and she sort of stepped out and she said to me, oh, I really miss being able to go that deep into play. Yeah. And it was such a heartbreaking moment for me. Yeah. But also when you talk about modeling, I feel like it was like her learning from watching her sister and me learning from watching both of them. Um, just the, the, the deep richness yeah. um, of play and that we, you know, maybe it will never be like any of us, you know, we'll never be able to play like a nine-year-old again once we're adults, but that we can bring some of that joy into our lives is really... Uh, nice and maybe a good segue to your next <laughs> yeah for sure and I just I want to share that I you know I, I I thank you for saying that because I echo that I I I miss the richness of childlike play and um, I do wonder how we can get even just a little bit closer to that and you know that's part of why I want to do more of this kind of thing um, so it is a good segue into what I wanted to talk about coming to Coming to the last few things um, for our time together. Uh, but adults at play. Much of what I was saying before about the markers of play in children is true for adults as well. So for you out there listening, uh, thinking of an activity that you can get completely lost in. Um, and when that happens, there's no sense or very little sense of time. And uh, when you're engaged in that thing, you could just do it for hours and hours and hours. And you may even forget to eat or not want to eat or, you know, you get into what is uh, you get into. This is basically akin to what some refer to as a flow state, uh, which is just being completely involved in activity for its own sake. Um, so some examples that I know from folks where they can get into a state like this would be uh, gardening, cooking, dancing, art, crafting, drawing, scrapbooking, um, writing for some people. I think even sorting, sorting through things, you can get into a sort of a playful flow state, um, <clears throat> like like puttering as opposed to kind of full-on cleaning maybe. Um, for those of you out there who are putters like me, I love puttering. Um, so I think for folks who are, are kind of curious about how they could bring a bit more of this into their life, um, Starting with how to try to get into this flow state in different activities, I think is a good place to start. Um, and so some suggestions for uh, doing that for yourself would be to start with the, the very basic, obvious thing is to do something that you really, really, truly love. Um, and for those of you out there who are listening and feel like, oh my gosh, I don't even know if there's something out there that I love that much. Yeah, I know I've been there and um, that's, you know, there, there's sometimes a bit of a pain point there, but it's also this huge blank canvas. There's so many possible things out there that you could discover, possibly by coming to Folk University and um, finding something that you never knew you loved. I have a personal example this spring. I started a garden for the very first time. I had no idea how much... I would love gardening. It's just completely blown my mind. 
I get into a full on flow state when I am gardening. Um, and it's fantastic. And I never knew that about myself until this year. So it's definitely possible to learn more and more about yourself all the time. Um, so doing something that you love, this is the easiest way to get into this state, you know, finding something that can satisfy your mind's craving for something that's both challenging, but doable, uh, and something that you might be kind of good at, but you also want to kind of push yourself, um, push yourself in a little bit because growth occurs right at the edge of our comfort and discomfort. Um, so we don't want to push ourselves fully into the deep end right away because that can, you know, scare us and we, with, we retreat and we never want to try the thing again. But if it's too easy, we can get a little bit bored. Um, and, and stagnant and stuck. So you kind of want to find something that's just riding that edge a little bit. So maybe if you are an artist and you know, you're really, really adept with watercolors, maybe trying pencil drawing or charcoal or another medium and experimenting with, with, with this state. Um, another helpful thing is to create a ritual, a ritual around it. Um, as you're gearing up, gearing up for your cho uh, chosen activity. Um, Create a series of actions that you do every single time you're about to begin this task. It could be a meditation, a short walk, uh, making a cup of coffee, pot of tea. Um, no matter what your activity is, this kind of behavior signals to your brain. If you do it repeatedly enough, um, that is what will signal to your brain that it's about to begin this thing. And it will start to get those wheels turning for bringing you into that um, state of concentration, coaxing it to get ready. So I know a lot of writers do things like this, like they have their, their particular time of day where they feel like that's their window to write and it doesn't really happen at any other time of the day. So then they build that into their, into their daily life. Um, <clears throat> um, getting into this state is really helped by focusing on, um, it, it's it's helpful to kind of limit your distractions. So um, focusing on maybe one aspect of it at the beginning. So for example, if you're taking on a whole new adventure, sometimes when you look at the whole thing, it can be overwhelming. So choosing an aspect of that to get you started. So, you know, I started a very small garden, for example, or if you're kind of curious about... Um, um, if you're curious about art, if you're not, if you've been wanting to do more art, maybe just starting with one medium or just a few things, because this is just a way to help um, settle the system a little bit and not get overwhelmed. Um, and also that it can also limit distractions too, which can get in the way a little bit sometimes of trying to get into this state. Um, I said a little bit about this already, but there's sometimes times of the day that are more conducive to this for people. And so if you know that about yourself, then you can, you can play with that. Like sometimes the morning is better. Sometimes the evening is better. Might depend on if you have kids or not. So just kind of noticing like, yeah, my creative brain is a bit more supported in the morning, um, or it's more supported at night. Um, yeah, so those are my suggestions for kind of getting into a bit of this flow state, which I think is uh, a really helpful place to start. Um, and I have, I have uh, 
an experiential thing to offer you before I chat about the inner child journey, but I just want to check with Manda if you've got any cl- uh, questions. I'm going to take a moment to say you are listening to CKTZ 89.5 FM, Cortez Community Radio, on the web at cortezradio.ca. We are really fortunate to have in the studio with us Haley Newell, registered therapeutic counselor. Um, and I think we should go right to your uh, experiential exercise. Awesome. So I have two for you and you can take one or both or none. It's totally up to you. Um, the first one comes from something called the work that reconnects. If any of you are familiar with Joanna Macy, if not, uh, feel free to Google her Joanna Macy and the work that reconnects. It's beautiful, beautiful work. Um, I did a workshop a while back that had an exercise in it that I thought was really helpful for getting into a playful state of mind. Um, And it might speak to you and it might not. But if you um, like to spend time outside, you could go for a walk and just find a spot that calls to you in some particular way and try not to overthink it. Just a place that you feel drawn to for some reason maybe it's a sunny spot or a shady spot or the light is in a just so kind of way and finding yourself in that spot taking a look around and choosing something that you see if it's a tree or a bird or the ocean um, or a flower and uh, try talking to it and I know that might sound a little bit odd to some folks but try talking to that and try complimenting it. Try praising it for what you see about it that you feel moved by. So maybe if you're looking at a flower and it's moving in the wind in a very particular way, you could say like, oh my goodness, flower, like the way that you're just swaying in the wind, it makes me feel kind of like swaying with you. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be very simple, but just engaging with whatever you see and then imagine that Whatever it is that you're speaking to or looking at can understand you and is hearing you and is responding to you with whatever it begins to do. So the flower hears you and the way that it's moving is now responding to what you're saying. Just imagine this. Um, The brain, in a way, doesn't know the difference between real and imagined. So this is part of why play is so fascinating and amazing. And this is also becoming a huge, huge tool in therapy and especially somatic therapy. So this is just one way to engage the brain in that capacity. So that's my first offering to you. And then my second offering is to get yourself into... A quiet state in a safe place where you feel comfortable. So maybe it's in your bedroom or out in the garden. Just a place where you can be uninterrupted for a moment. Um, And try picturing yourself as a child. Try bringing the young you into your mind's eye. And once you kind of have a sense of a connection with that young part of you, um, just trying to... Remember what you love to do as a child. Did you really love dressing up or building sandcastles or building block towers or making slime? I know so many kids who just could make slime all day long. Um, 
So just taking a moment to think, hey, yeah, what did I really love doing as a kid? And I want to put out there that sometimes this can be, there can be some pain points in here because we might not have a a lot of memory. Um, And sometimes there's some hard things that happened when we were kids. So I do want to just put that out there uh, to be gentle with yourself. And um, um, if it feels right for you, you can do some writing about that, or you can seek out a conversation with a friend, someone you feel comfortable with. But if you do feel a little bit of an emotion come up when doing this, just asking that part to just kind of soften back and allow yourself to come back into connection with that young, that younger part. It might not work, but just try to check in and say like, I hear that, I see that there's some maybe sadness around this. If you would be willing to soften back, I'd really love to just check in with this young part of myself and, and ask yourself to show you, to show your, ask your child self to show you now as an adult, those things that you really love to do as a kid. And if a few things come up, come up for you, I would offer you a challenge to try to do it this week or next week or sometime soon. Um, And notice how it feels. uh, And notice if there's resistance that come up, that comes up. And like, what did you love about the experience? And what did you hate about the experience? So you know, for me, I love dress up as a kid. So for me, it can be a very sort of playful thing to get dressed up and play with a whole bunch of different outfits and kind of get into that dress up playful state that I did when I was a kid. Um, For some of us, it was building sandcastles. And I would just offer that Carl Jung, who some would consider to be one of the original play therapists, uh, he used to do this. He, when he would go to, uh, forgive me out there, youngians, if I say this wrong, but, um, Boddington, I believe is where he built his house. Please. I might be wrong on that, but he used to go to a retreat basically where that he built for himself. And before he would go to do his writing and his work, he would go and sit on the beach and do something called waterworks, which is where he would sit for hours and hours and hours and play in the sand with water because that's what he loved to do as a child. And he would do that for hours and hours and hours and hours until he got into that state, maybe a flow state, and then he would go do his writing. So this is just an offering for you to explore with what your version of that might be. so that's what I have for you and um, I'll just briefly share that uh, in the fall I'm going to be offering a course called the inner child journey and I'm just going to share a brief description of what I'm hoping that will be like there'll be many more details to come including whether it will be in person which I hope or online depending on what's happening at the time it's a total unknown Um, but here's what I have to share for you about that The many obstacles and blind alleys that parents and teachers and caregivers commonly face with uh, bringing up children often have something to do with old emotional wounds that have been triggered in us as adults. So without this insight, what we say or do for our children can sometimes miss the mark unintentionally. Um, However, compassionate self-awareness gives us more gifts than we might imagine The more closely we know our own inner child, the more intuitive we become about what the children in our life need the most. 
we discover that even the most painful or frustrating challenges that um, get brought up uh, when we're engaging with children can also be really rich opportunities for our own healing and growth. So the inner child process is um, a safe step-by-step offering um, for connecting and contacting these deep feelings and thoughts and the wisdom of our own inner child that lives in all of us our entire life and clearing a path for healing and personal uh, unfolding. So I'm really excited to be putting that all together for you guys. And if you're interested, I think it is going to be a really rich opportunity for um, connecting with our playful nature. So, yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. So let's take this moment to listen to a little bit of playful music and uh, people can call in with their questions. We are listening to Haley Newell talk about Play 101. She's a registered therapeutic counselor and one of our most amazing uh, professors here at Folk University and is talking about all aspects of the brain, our nervous system, resilience, self-regulation, and now play. So please feel free to call in and ask your questions at 250-935-0200. You can also send your questions to you at folku.ca. Sometimes they take a little bit longer to get here because, as you know, if you're on Cortez, we have no power. Uh, And anyway, we are going to go listen to some uh, music that makes me laugh or is just fun (laughs) in some way. So we're going to start with, I bet you they won't play this on the radio, which is a Monty Python song. You're listening to CKTZ 89.5 FM, Cortez Community Radio. I love having kids. Kids just got it made. I bet you they won't play this song on the radio I bet you they won't play this new song It's not that it's or controversial Just that the ing words are awfully strong You can't say on the radio Or, or, or You can't even say I'd like to you someday Unless you're a doctor with a very large So I bet you they won't play this song on the radio I bet you they dare ing well program it I bet you their ing old program directors Will think it's a load of horse
Witches face a ghost and wrinkle. Witches guns and teeth sprinkle. Oh, oh, Isabel, oh, it's grown. Turn you into an ugly toe. Oh, Isabel, Isabel, didn't worry, Isabel. Didn't scream or scurry, showed no rage, showed no rancor. Turn the witch into milk and drank I never seem to finish all my food I always get a doggy bag from the waiter So I just keep what's still unshoed And I take it home, save it for later But then I deal with fungal rot, bacterial formation Microbes, enzymes, mold and oxidation I don't care I've got a secret trick up my sleeve. I never bother with baggies, glass jars, Tupperware containers, plastic cling wrap, really a no-brainer. I just like to keep all my flavors sealed in tight with aluminum foil. foil. Never settle for less. That kind of wrap is just the best to keep your sandwich nice and fresh. Stick it in your cooler. cooler. Eat it when you're ready. Herbal tea. Mm, lovely. Oh, by the way, I've cracked the code. I figured out the shadow organizations and the Illuminati know that they're finally primed 
Cause I made this hat from aluminum foil. foil Where I had this foil lined In case an alien's inclined To probe your butt or read your mind Looks a bit peculiar, peculiar. Seems a little crazy But someday I'll prove There's a big conspiracy Things first, I'm a craftsman. Craftsman. Remodeling is my only passion. It's my passion. And I'm the greatest in the business. Want referrals, yo? My clientele will bear you witness. Right, right. I can help when your door jam sticks. Huh? There is nothing in the world I can't fix. Yeah. I do tiles, I do stone, I do bricks. Call me, I'll come rushing over with my bag of tricks. Bag of tricks. Where you go when your disposal is rusted? Rusted. My problem making you disgusted. Yeah. When your front window is busted. Just one name that's always trusted. I'm so Pressure's too weak. You got an attic full of dry rot cause your roof's run a leak. Your fridge is starting to reach. Your hardwood floors really squeak. But don't you worry, I'll just show you my amazing technique. Now let me glue that, glue that, and screw that, screw that. Any random chore you got, well I can do that, do that. Or maybe I'll just rewire your house for fun. I got 99 problems, but a switch ain't one. I'm so handy. my screwdriver got the whole world thinking i'm a guyver your heating bills are shocking i can solve that with some duct tape and some clocking your house is a disaster huh need a guy who's a master with a plaster huh let me be your stripper taking off lacquer no one does it quicker
Hello, neighbors. Welcome back to CKTZ, Cortez Community Radio on the World Wide Web at CortezRadio.ca. We are lucky to have with us in studio today registered therapeutic counselor and neighbor, Haley Newell, talking about play, play 101. What is it? Why we all need to engage more in it and how we can engage more in it, particularly with young people in our lives. And we had an interesting call all the way from PEI during our break for someone who is in particular looking to connect with Christian Grineau um, and ha- was responding in part to the conversation um, that uh, we were having with Haley where she was talking about the moon snails and looking and seeing the, the experience of the new moon snails laying eggs in Smelt Bay, which is not something that I actually am sure if I've ever seen before. So, but Christian, if you're listening, will you email me at you at folkyou.ca? Someone's, someone's got something to share with you related to the moon snail thing. So we were also having conversation during the break a little bit more about some kind of specific questions that that I still had about play. One of those is, so Haley was talking a lot about the importance for play on a child's brain development and their brain as well as their emotional development. And I was wondering, do some of those same things apply to adults? Yeah, <clears throat> I think it does. Um, You know, there's still so much that we are learning about, especially when it comes to neuroscience. It's like just this amazing expanding field right now. Um, But one thing that I know is that the brain doesn't really understand or know the difference between something that's real and something that's imagined. So again, I think I was saying this before, this is becoming a hugely beneficial tool in therapy. Um, But I think it's also uh, a beautiful thing to know in terms of how our brain is plastic and how it changes over time. And it can, you know, things that we are really ingrained in, practices, behaviors, patterns, all of that can change. And so getting into a playful state um, is really beneficial for uh, changing the way things are linked up in our brain and for creating new connections, new patterns, new experiences. Um, you know, I imagine that if a child is learning so much through play and making all those linkages through the brain as a child, that it would not actually be any different for the adult brain, except for that it might take a little bit longer um, because as our brains, as they age, they are plastic and can absolutely change, but things can just take a little bit longer um, to unwind or to um, to grow. And... Um, The other thing I want to say about that is that it's such good news for daydreamers (laughs) because it's, it's like, go daydream. It's, um, it's like full permission to daydream. So, you know, I know some of us who are daydreamers, uh, myself included, there can be that caveat that, you know, you can get into the distracted mind a lot in that way. So, you know, I understand that there can be a bit of challenge there, but if you are someone who daydreams, likes to daydream, I would say go for it, you know, give yourself time and space to imagine and daydream and come up with all kinds of ideas, come up with all kinds of scenarios, let that imagination totally go wild, write all those things down if you want to, find a way of capturing them, but if you 
have that imaginative capacity and that daydreaming capacity, if you play through things, um, play through scenarios, things that you'd like to experience or like to try in that imaginative state, that is priming the brain for, pardon me, that is priming the brain for that experience. We know this a lot from athletes and working with visualization, how huge that is for performance, but more and more people are talking about that for all kinds of things is, is, is imagining yourself doing that thing, going and giving the talk at folk you radio, going to that, um, that big dinner, going to that class that feels a little bit scary, imagining it happening and playing it through, um, and imagining how you want it to go, how it would like, what would feel great about it happening. Um, all of this is actually priming the brain for that experience. So it's really beneficial. And we were also talking over the break about the importance or the role of cell phones and mm-hmm. easy screens. So you want to talk a little bit more? About- yes. Thanks for the reminder. I had just realized that in my chat about um, special time, special playtime with your child or the child in your life, it's really important that that time is cell phone free. So this is part of why it's good to choose an amount of time that you feel really comfortable giving. And it's an amount of time that you feel fine to put your cell phone totally out of reach, out of sight, and you can be totally present with the with the child. Because not only will it distract from the container if we're checking our phones, but I think even when we have them on our bodies, we, you know, we have that temptation temptation to check them um so you know using something like a watch or a clock to keep your time as opposed to the phone is ideal and just taking a break from having it on hand um and noticing if that brings up some anxiety for you um because that's also something to pay attention to we we're all i think a little bit addicted to our phones and technology so just noticing if that comes up and and again just giving yourself an amount of time that feels comfortable for you to put that away and and give your full and undivided attention while she was saying this, I was both texting and turning off the ringer on the phone. So we can't always be <laughs> practicing what we preach. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was only giving you a divided attention. But um, Thank you so much, Haley. Are there any last minute things you don't want us to forget before you leave? Uh, no, just, you know, I'm inviting you to go out there and, and bring a playful approach to something in your day. And, you know, if you see me, share it with me. I'd love to hear about it. And I'd love to hear about it. And I'd love to hear from you. You are always welcome to send emails uh, about future shows, questions that you didn't get a chance to ask. Sometimes if we even get the experts to go ahead and ask them afterwards. You can do that at you at You get to listen to a little bit of music now. Something fun that makes me happy is basically what is on the air right now. We're going to, so you got to listen to, I, I really I really like um, comedians who are also musical. And one of the things that helps me kind of get into a little bit of a flow state often is being able to laugh. So I'm, I'm sharing with you some of these things today or just music that um, comes from a place of fun 
So, oh, here we are. We're going to start with Raffi Banana Phone. And then at 2.30, we will have our What's Happening in Your Garden This Week segment with Lovna Harvey. is uh, a really helpful place to start um, and I have I have uh, an experiential thing to offer you before I chat about the inner child journey but I just want to check with Manda if you've got any cl- uh, questions I'm going to take a moment to say you are listening to CKTZ 89.5 FM Cortez Community Radio on the web at cortezradio.ca we are really fortunate to have in the studio with us Haley Newell, registered therapeutic counselor. Um, and I think we should go right to your uh, experiential exercise. Awesome. So I have two for you, and you can take one or both or none. It's totally up to you. Um, the first one comes from something called The Work That Reconnects, if any of you are familiar with Joanna Macy. If not, uh, feel free to Google her, Joanna Macy, and the work that reconnects. It's beautiful, beautiful work. Um, I did a workshop a while back that had an exercise in it that I thought was really helpful for getting into a playful state of mind. Um, And it might speak to you and it might not. But if you um, like to spend time outside, you could go for a walk and just... Find a spot that calls to you in some particular way and try not to overthink it. Just a place that you feel drawn to for some reason. Maybe it's a sunny spot or a shady spot or the light is in a just so kind of way. And finding yourself in that spot, taking a look around and choosing something that you see, if it's a tree or a bird or the ocean um, or a flower. And... uh, 
try talking to it. And I know that might sound a little bit odd to some folks, but try talking to that and try complimenting it. Try praising it for what you see about it that you feel moved by. So maybe if you're looking at a flower and it's moving in the wind in a very particular way, you could say like, oh my goodness, flower, like the way that you're just swaying in the wind it makes me feel kind of like swaying with you. It doesn't have to be complicated. It can be very simple, but just engaging with whatever you see and then imagine that whatever it is that you're speaking to or looking at can understand you and is hearing you and is responding to you with whatever it begins to do. So the flower hears you and the way that it's moving is now responding to what you're saying. Just imagine this. Um, The brain, in a way, doesn't know the difference between real and imagined. So this is part of why play is so fascinating and amazing. And this is also becoming a huge, huge tool in therapy and especially somatic therapy. So this is just one way to engage the brain in that capacity. So that's my first offering to you. And then my second offering is to get yourself into a quiet state in a safe place where you feel comfortable. So maybe it's in your bedroom or out in the garden, just a place where you can be uninterrupted for a moment. Um, And try picturing yourself as a child. Try bringing the young you into your mind's eye. And once you kind of have a sense of a connection with that young part of you, um, just trying to remember what you love to do as a child. Did you really love dressing up or building sandcastles or building block towers or making slime? I know so many kids who just could make slime all day long. Um, So just taking a moment to think, hey, yeah, what did I really love doing as a kid? And I want to put out there that sometimes this can be there can be some pain points in here because we might not have a a lot of memory Um, and sometimes there's some hard things that happened when we were kids so I do want to just put that out there uh, to be gentle with yourself and um, um, if it feels right for you you can do some writing about that or you can seek out a conversation with a friend someone you feel comfortable with but if you do feel a little bit of an emotion come up when doing this, just asking that part to just kind of soften back and allow yourself to come back into connection with that young, that younger part. It might not work, but just try to check in and say like, I hear that, I see that there's some maybe sadness around this. If you would be willing to soften back, I'd really love to just check in with this young part of myself and, and ask yourself to show you, to show your, ask your child self to show you now as an adult those things that you really love to do as a kid. And if a few things come up to, come up for you, I would offer you a challenge to try to do it this week or next week or sometime soon. Um, and notice how it feels. Uh, and notice if there's resistance that come up that comes up. And like, what did you love about the experience? And what did you hate about the experience? So. You know, for me, I love dress up as a kid. So for me, it can be a very sort of playful thing to 
get dressed up and play with a whole bunch of different outfits and kind of get into that dress up playful state that I did when I was a kid. Um, For some of us, it was building sandcastles. And I would just offer that Carl Jung, who some would consider to be one of the original play therapists, uh, he used to do this. He, when he would go to, uh, forgive me out there, Jungians, if I say this wrong, but, um, Boddington, I believe is where he built his house. Please, I might be wrong on that. But he used to go to a retreat, basically, where, that he built for himself. And before he would go to do his writing and his work, he would go and sit on the beach and do something called waterworks, which is where he would sit for hours and hours and hours and play in the sand with water because that's what he loved to do as a child. And he would do that for hours and hours and hours and hours until he got into that state, maybe a flow state, and then he would go do his writing. So this is just an offering for you to explore with what your version of that might be. <clears throat> so that's what I have for you. And um, I'll just briefly share that uh, in the fall, I'm going to be offering a course called the Inner Child Journey. And I'm just going to share a brief description of what I'm hoping that will be like. There'll be many more details to come, including whether it will be in person, which I hope, or online, depending on what's happening at the time. It's a total unknown. Um, But here's what I have to share for you about that. The many obstacles and blind alleys that parents and teachers and caregivers commonly face with uh, bringing up children often have something to do with old emotional wounds that have been triggered in us as adults. So without this insight, what we say or do for our children can sometimes miss the mark unintentionally. Um, However, compassionate self-awareness gives us more gifts than we might imagine. The more closely we know our own inner child, the more intuitive we become about what the children in our life need the most. We discover that even the most painful or frustrating challenges that um, get brought up when we're engaging with children can also be really rich opportunities for our own healing and growth. So the inner child process is um, a safe step-by-step offering um, for connecting and contacting these deep feelings and thoughts and the wisdom of our own inner child that lives in all of us our entire life and clearing a path for healing and personal uh, unfolding. So I'm really excited to be putting that all together for you guys. And if you're interested, I think it is going to be a really rich opportunity for um, connecting with our playful nature. So, yeah. Can't wait. Yeah. So let's take this moment to listen to a little bit of playful music and uh, people can call in with their questions. We are listening to Haley Newell talk about Play 101 She's a registered therapeutic counselor and one of our most amazing uh, professors here at Folk University and is talking about all aspects of the brain, our nervous system, resilience, self-regulation, and now play. So please feel free to call in and ask your questions at 250-935-0200. You can also send your questions to you at folku.ca. Sometimes they take a little bit longer to get here because as you know, if you're on Cortez, we have no power. 
Uh, and anyway, we are going to go listen to some uh, music that makes me laugh or is just fun <laughs> in some way. So we're going to start with, I bet you they won't play this on the radio, which is a Monty Python song. You're listening to CKTZ 89.5 FM, Cortez Community Radio. I love having kids. The kids just got it made. I bet you they won't play this song on the radio I bet you they won't play this new song It's not that it's or controversial Just that the ing words are awfully strong You can't say on the radio Or, or, or You can't even say I'd like to you someday Unless you're a doctor with a very large So I bet you they won't play this song on the radio I bet you they dare well program it I bet you their old program directors Will think it's a load of horse
I never seem to finish all my food I always get a doggy bag from the waiter So I just keep what's still unchewed And I take it home, save it for later But then I deal with fungal rot, bacterial formation Microbes, enzymes, mold and oxidation I don't care I've got a secret trick up my sleeve. I never bother with baggies, glass jars, Tupperware containers, plastic cling wrap, really a no-brainer. I just like to keep all my flavors sealed in tight with aluminum foil. foil. Never settle for less. That kind of wrap is just the best to keep your sandwich nice and fresh. Stick it in your cooler. cooler. Eat it when you're ready. Refreshing herbal tea. Hmm, lovely. Oh, by the way, I've cracked the code. I figured out the shadow organizations and the Illuminati know that they're finally primed for world domination. And soon you've got. Someone that's watching you And still the government Won't admit they faked a whole moon landing Thought control race Psychotronic scanning Don't mind that I'm protected cause I made this hat From aluminum foil Foil Where I had this foil lined In case an alien's inclined To probe your butt or read your mind Looks a bit First things first, I'm a craftsman. Craftsman. Remodeling is my only passion. It's my passion. And I'm the greatest in the business. Want referrals, yo? My clientele will bear you witness. Right, right. I can help when your door jam sticks. Huh? There is nothing in the world I can't fix. Yeah. I do tiles, I do stone, I do bricks. Call me, I'll come rushing over with my bag of tricks. Bag of tricks. Where you go when your disposal is rusted? Rusted. My problem making you disgusted. Yeah. When your front window is busted. Just one name that's always trusted. I'm so handy. You already know. I'll fix your
is needing some service. I'm fully bonded, no need to be nervous. Perhaps you would like a new counter for Micah. Maybe I'll hook up this here combo washer dryer, but all your pipes are antique. Your water pressure's too weak. You got an attic full of dry rot, cause your roof's brown a leak. Your fridge is starting to reach. Your hardwood floors really squeak. But don't you worry, I'll just show you my amazing technique. Now let me glue that, glue that, and screw that, screw that. Any random chore you got, well, I can do that, do that. Or maybe I'll just rewire your house for fun. I got 99 problems, but a switch ain't one. My screwdriver got the whole world thinking I'm a giver. Your heating bills are shocking. I can solve that with some duct tape and some clocking. Your house is a disaster, huh? Need a guy who's a master with a plaster, huh? Let me be your stripper. Taking off lacquer, no one does it quicker. Hello, neighbors. Welcome back to CKTZ, Cortez Community Radio on the World Wide Web at CortezRadio.ca. We are lucky to have with us in studio today registered therapeutic counselor and neighbor Haley Newell talking about play, play 101. What is it? Why we all need to engage more in it and how we can engage more in it, particularly with young people in our lives. And we had an interesting call all the way from PEI during our break for someone who is in particular looking to connect with Christian Grineau um, and ha- was responding in part to the conversation um, that uh, we were having with Haley where she was talking about the moon snails and looking and seeing the, the experience of the new moon snails laying eggs in Smelt Bay, which is not something that I actually am sure if I've ever seen before. So, but Christian, if you're listening, will you email me at you at folkyou.ca? Someone's, someone's got something to share with you related to the moon snail thing. So we were also having conversation during the break a little bit more about some kind of specific questions that that I still had about play. One of those is, so Haley was talking a lot about the importance for play on a child's brain development and their brain as well as their emotional development. And I was wondering, do some of those same things apply to adults? Yeah, <clears throat> I think it does. Um, you know, there's still so much that we are learning about, especially when it comes to neuroscience. It's like just this amazing expanding field right now. Um, but one thing that I know is that 
the brain doesn't really understand or know the difference between something that's real and something that's imagined. So again, I think I was saying this before, this is becoming a hugely beneficial tool in therapy. Um, But I think it's also uh, a beautiful thing to know in terms of how our brain is plastic and how it changes over time. And it can, you know, things that we are really ingrained in practices, behaviors, patterns, all of that can change. And so getting into a playful state um, is really beneficial for uh, changing the way things are linked up in our brain and for creating new connections, new patterns, new experiences. Um, You know, I imagine that if a child is learning so much through play and making all those linkages through the brain as a child that it would not actually be any different for the adult brain except for that it might take a little bit longer um, because as our brains as they age they are plastic and can absolutely change but things can just take a little bit longer um, to unwind or to um, to grow and um The other thing I want to say about that is that it's such good news for daydreamers (laughs) because it's, it's like, go daydream. It's, um, it's like full permission to daydream. So, you know, I know some of us who are daydreamers, uh, myself included, there can be that caveat that, you know, you can get into the distracted mind a lot in that way. So, you know, I understand that there can be a bit of challenge there, but if you are someone who daydreams, likes to daydream, I would say go for it, you know, give yourself time and space to imagine and daydream and come up with all kinds of ideas, come up with all kinds of scenarios, let that imagination totally go wild, write all those things down if you want to, find a way of capturing them, but if you have that imaginative capacity and that daydreaming capacity, if you play through things, um, play through scenarios, things that you'd like to experience or like to try in that imaginative state, that is priming the brain for, <clears throat> pardon me, that is priming the brain for that experience. We know this a lot from athletes and working with visualization, how huge that is for performance, but more and more people are talking about that for all kinds of things, is, is, is imagining yourself doing that thing, going and giving the talk at Folk U Radio, going to that um, that big dinner, going to that class that feels a little bit scary. Imagining it happening and playing it through um, and imagining how you want it to go, how it would, like what would feel great about it happening. Um, all of this is actually priming the brain for that experience. So it's really beneficial. And we were also talking over the break about the importance or the role of cell phones and Mm -hmm. easy screens. So you want to talk a little bit more? Yes. Thanks for the reminder. I had just realized that in my chat about um, special time, special playtime with your child or the child in your life, it's really important that that time is cell phone free. So this is part of why it's good to choose an amount of time that you feel really comfortable giving. And it's an amount of time that you feel fine to put your cell phone totally out of reach, out of sight, and you can be totally present with the with the child. Because not only will it distract from the container if we're checking our phones, but I think even 
even when we have them on our bodies, we, you know, we have that temptation, temptation to check them. Um, so, you know, using something like a watch or a clock to keep your time as opposed to the phone is ideal. And just taking a break from having it on hand um, and noticing if that brings up some anxiety for you. Um, Cause that's also something to pay attention to. We we're all, I think a little bit addicted to our phones and technology. So just noticing if that comes up and, and again, just giving yourself an amount of time that feels comfortable for you to put that away and, and give your full and undivided attention. While she was saying this, I was both texting and turning off the ringer on the phone. So we can't always be (laughs) practicing what we preach. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So I was only giving you a divided attention. But um, Thank you so much, Haley. Are there any last minute things you don't want us to forget before you leave? Uh, no, just, you know, I'm inviting you to go out there and, and bring a playful approach to something in your day. And, you know, if you see me, share it with me. I'd love to hear about it. And I'd love to hear about it. And I'd love to hear from you. You are always welcome to send emails uh, about future shows, questions that you didn't get a chance to ask. Sometimes we even get the experts to go ahead and ask them afterwards. You can do that at you at folku.ca. You get to listen to a little bit of music now. Something fun that makes me happy is basically what is on the air right now. We're going to, so you got to listen to, I, I really, I really like, um, comedians who are also musical. And one of the things that helps me kind of get into a little bit of a flow state often is being able to laugh. So I'm, I'm sharing with you some of these things today, or just music that, um, comes from a place of fun. So, oh, here we are. We're going to start with Raffi Banana Phone. And then at 2.30, we will have our What's Happening in Your Garden this week segment with Lovna Harvey. Operator, get me Beijing, jing, 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 jing. 